never heard that song before, but I hope to hear it again. Thank you very much. That was a blessing. If your Bibles are open to Luke chapter 2, we're going to draw some lessons from the passage of Scripture we read a moment ago. I'm finding it hard to believe that Christmas is 21 days away. Um, I've purchased two Christmas presents thus far. Thank you, Amazon. And uh, they'll be delivered tomorrow. And other than that, I don't even have a clue what I'm doing for all the other people in my life. Uh, You might get an IOU. Uh, I owe you a Christmas present, see you next year, that type of thing. But uh, I always heard when I was younger that the older you get, the faster time flies. Um, I didn't believe it, but I'm a believer now. Anybody else with me on that? It's like yesterday we were just getting ready for last Christmas, and now we're getting ready for the next one. Uh, And the decorations are going up. Of course, in the stores, they started going up like in September Uh, something like that this year. The retailer's trying to make up for the last couple of years. And uh, I don't know about you, I I enjoy the Christmas season, always have, probably, and Lord willing, always will. But weirdly enough, Christmas becomes a a, a time of debate. And it's already started. I I, I turned on the radio in my car the other day for a Hartford station, and uh, the big discussion was Happy Holidays or Merry Christmas. And it was actually a Jewish broadcaster that was talking, saying, you people need to get over yourselves. He said, I'm Jewish, but if somebody says Merry Christmas to me, I say Merry Christmas back. It's just a part of my American heritage, and I'm happy about it. Stop making a big deal about it. Um, But by the way, I I know Christians that will just be all up in arms this whole season because they went into Walmart and and the checkout gal, if you use that or you self-checked out, if you self-check out and you say happy holidays to yourself, you have a real problem. But I know Christians are all bent out of shape. They said happy holidays, happy holidays. I said Merry Christmas. It's not happy. Yeah, thank you for your sweet spirit. I'm sure you were a great testimony to them. Um, stop getting bent out of shape over things that absolutely don't matter. Uh, You realize some of these poor people working in these places, they would love to say Merry Christmas, but corporate says if you do, you might get fired. They're threatened with lawsuits, and just give them some grace for crying out loud. Of course, then there's the Christmas tree debate. You know, uh, you're a bunch of pagans. If you see me bowing down, worshiping that, I'm a pagan. Um... A Christmas tree. Did you know that the Christmas tree was invented by a German pastor to help teach different aspects of of eternal life to his children? It was Martin Luther. He wasn't a Baptist, but it was after he got saved, was walking home one night, uh, and he walked through like a pine thicket type thing, and he looked up and he saw the stars and and, uh, just shining through the branches and thought it was wonderful and went home. He was the first one credited... (laughs) with tying candles onto the boughs of, a, of a, an evergreen tree <laughs> to teach his kids about the light of the world. and everything. It's like, can you imagine how many houses burned to the ground from tying <laughs> How many glad we have electricity? You know, that type of thing. And it's like, really, is it worth that kind of a debate? Uh, but we'll get involved in all, all types of things. And, and by the way, it's nothing new. I did not know this until recently, in the Massachusetts Bay Colony in the 16 and 1700s, it was against the law to celebrate Christmas at all. You were not allowed to have any gatherings anywhere 
on Christmas Day, uh, you could be fined or thrown in jail. No decorations of any kind. You weren't allowed to sing Christmas carols. The only gatherings that were allowed on December 25th was if Christmas fell on a Sunday, like it will this year, you could go to church. Um, I'm sure glad those people got run out of power because I happen to like Christmas. I enjoyed a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, we're the season's on us. And uh, a, a lot of time, and of course, it's commercialized. We all know that. The world, is, the world takes over everything uh, and so forth. But as believers, let's not let that just dampen our spirit about this whole thing. Should we take some time and celebrate the birth of Christ? Oh, another big one is, well, he wasn't born in December. Doesn't matter. Does your Bible tell you what day and what month he was born in? Does yours? Mine doesn't either. So pick a day and remember the fact there was a day that the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. It is one of the greatest miracles that has ever happened in the history of the universe where God became flesh so that he could become our savior and we could be redeemed from our sins. That is something worth celebrating. Think about this just, just for a moment. Do you know that the Holy Spirit inspired four fairly lengthy chapters of the Bible entirely devoted to the events surrounding the birth of Christ. Matthew 1 and 2, Luke chapters 1 and 2. Um, lengthy chapters. And God went into all kinds of details and put it in our Bible. And we're just supposed to ignore that event? We're just supposed to act like it means nothing? I, I, evidently it meant something important to the Lord. Am I right? You add to that... Uh, all of the Old Testament prophecies that God gave starting in, in Genesis uh, about the fact that there was a Savior coming. And I'm talking specifically the birth of Christ. The book of Numbers 24 gave the prophecy about the star that the wise men would follow into Bethlehem. Uh, Isaiah talked about a virgin shall conceive. Micah talked about the birthplace where it would happen, Bethlehem, uh, Judah, uh, and so forth. And prophecy after prophecy that God placed in this magnificent Book to point us to, the, to that day when Jesus was born. I do believe with all my heart it is right and appropriate that we as believers take some time, whether it's one day or a month or whatever it is, and just step back and say, isn't it an amazing thing that God sent Jesus to this world to be our Savior? Let's rejoice in that. Let's celebrate in that. Uh, I'm a firm believer in it. My grandson Tommy is, is the maybe, in, in my life right now, the greatest lover of Christmas that I know. He started probably two weeks before Thanksgiving. He has now watched every one of the Disney Santa Claus movies. I know Santa's not real. I know Santa is Satan spelled sideways. I understand all of that kind of stuff. Nobody's teaching him there's a little fat guy that really lives at the North Pole and has a bunch of little bishes that make all of his toys for him and stuff like that. We understand all that. It's a child's mind, and, and, and it's, it's just this whole idea about Christmas. Um, I came downstairs the day after they had decorated. I think they decorated uh, the house uh, the day after Thanksgiving. Saturday morning, I came downstairs, and uh, Tommy was standing, and he's still in his pajamas, staring at the Christmas tree, and he turned around and saw me, and he had this look on his face. It's so hard to describe. He goes, look, Papa, it's Christmas. 
It's Christmas. I guarantee you when we get the first snow, if it happens before Christmas, Tommy will be standing in front of the, the living room window and he'll be just looking out and sometimes he's leaning on the windowsill like this. It's like one of those picture perfect moments and he'll go, it's Christmas. It's the snow, the tree, the lights, all of those things. This is a kid that truly loves Christmas. And if you're not sure what to get him for Christmas, Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, get him all of those things. Uh, get him a Samsung Galaxy. Uh, get him an Apple iPhone. Get him all of those things. Uh, they don't even have to work. He'll just be happy as a lark. That child loves Christmas. But the truth of the matter is Christmas is not, not always that way for everybody. Um, sometimes for a lot of people, Christmas is very, very difficult. This Friday will be the fifth anniversary of Trina going to heaven. She went to heaven two weeks before Christmas. It'll always be that way. So two weeks before Christmas, I'll relive the fact that God chose to take her home. Now, the first couple years were pretty rough. And I'm not saying that it, it, it's, I'm, I'm completely over because I know I'm not. Um, and uh, the holidays have been a little tough for me in the last five years. They're different. I've got my children I've got my grandchildren, I've got my church family, uh, people that I love dearly, that I enjoy being with. But the truth of the matter is, Christmas is sometimes a struggle. I've been to Christmas gatherings where I've come and I've shown up and I've left as quickly as I could. I just don't feel comfortable there. Um, and, and I'm just talking about me, but I'm not the only one in this church. I'm not the only one in this room. Uh, that, that deals with that, I do believe I'm speaking for everyone that's lost a loved one. The holidays will just always be a little difficult for, for many people. Statistically, the statistics about what, what this season can do to people is heartbreaking. Just, just listen to a, a couple of things. 45% um, of Americans, American adults, 45% will contemplate suicide at Christmas. That's almost one out of every two people. The hotlines will be hot with people calling in because they, they're just, they're, there's something about it where everybody else is happy. They've got a sorrow in their life they can't shake. 41% of American adults will, will admit a decline in their mental health and outlook over the holidays. They'll, they'll struggle with depression. They'll, they'll struggle with discouragement. And we can point the finger. You, you can belittle, but don't, please don't do that. People suffering is not something for us to stand back and say, well, I'll just get over it. You don't. But people deal with it. 83% of Americans will find this season to be one of intense loneliness. 83% intense loneliness. 81% um, will suffer extreme stress and anxiety. Just get on the highway. They're there. Uh, after soul winning yesterday, I went to a department store uh, in, in uh, Wallingford, 
uh, to pick up a couple of things, and the lines were long. They had, they had a number of registers open and stuff like that. It was just there were a lot of people there. And uh, so I'm, I'm standing in line. It's one of, the, one of those times I can use this illustration because I was really being a good guy. Uh, and I, I wasn't in a hurry or anything, but oh my goodness, the complaining, the, I can't believe these lines, I can't believe these lines, and people are freaking out. It's like, well, if you left, the line wouldn't be nearly as long. <laughs> you know, think about it that way. Um, but, but with everything that there is to do, the added expenses and, and, and all that kind of stuff, stress levels rise and people get impatient and, and, and uh, the joy of the whole season just seems to disappear. 69% of Americans will find a pressure in life that is simply based on, I just don't have time to get everything in. It seems like everybody wants a chunk of our day. We, we've got school programs and church programs and office parties and family get-togethers and we got shopping and decorating and baking and wrapping and traveling and, and all this kind of stuff. And our lives are already fairly busy. Especially you get a household where husband and wife may be both working, maybe both working more than one job. You got children. Uh, and then you add to that everything that we've incorporated into the celebration of Christmas, and, and it becomes a very, very stressful time. 88% uh, of Americans, when it's all said and done, will, will put the Christmas decorations away and say, I never had any time at all to just relax and enjoy it. 69% um, will stress over the lack of money, and they're expecting that, that uh, percentage to increase dramatically this year because of inflation on the rise. Everything is costing more. Uh, people ordering stuff online and finding out that it's going to take longer to get there uh, than they anticipated and so forth. 51% um, of people are going to struggle just with the pressure to buy gifts. Well, they gave me a gift. Now I got to go out and buy them one. Uh, that type of thing. 42% of Americans will go into so much debt that they will spend the next two years trying to work their way out of it. By then, they'll have two more Christmases to go into debt over. Um, because there's just this, this mentality that, you know, uh, we, we got to buy, 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 buy. And that's okay to give gifts, especially if you're giving them to me. That is a great thing to do. But please understand that love doesn't have a dollar sign attached to it. Uh, it's great to, to do something nice for people and, and your family and so on and so forth. But sometimes we just don't behave wisely and then we're going into the winter where heating bills are higher and all that kind of stuff. And now we got credit card bills to pay off and, and all this other kind of stuff. And Christmas can not be what it should be. So we've, we've got this... Bible truth, this, this wonderful, miraculous moment when God became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and uh, we're, we're celebrating the birth of Christ, but the reality is the birth of Christ really doesn't come into much focus in our celebration of the birth of Christ. I mean, understand what I'm saying. Um, there, there's got to be a better way about this. I want to just very simply, different kind of message tonight. I just want to offer a, a few uh, sensible suggestions on keeping Christ in Christmas. So that when, it, when it's all said and done, uh, you know, we're not in debt up to our eyeballs. We're not trying to sell a kidney to pay off the kids, you know, uh, Christmas gifts and that type of thing. We're not stressed. We can step back and say, 
I saw God move in my life, in my family, in our church through the celebration of the birth of Christ as never before. Never before. When I was a senior in Bible college, uh, one morning right before, it was, it was about a week before Christmas break was supposed to start. Uh, I was in my 10 o'clock class. Chapel was going to be at 11, and we had a fire alarm. Uh, December in, in the Chicago area, there was already snow on the ground. It was already bitter cold, and there was a fire alarm. And uh, we, we all exited our classrooms. We all knew the drill, the drill and so forth. The minute we stepped out into the hallway, we realized it was not a fire drill. There was a fire in the dormitory that I lived in, they called it the prophet's dorm. It was a brand new three-story dormitory right beside that ran parallel to the chapel. On the basement level, what had happened, they found out later, is uh, uh, the students in that room, the guys in that room, had uh, used extension cords and plugged extension cords into extension cords type things. Stupid college kids overloaded it, and it, it caused the fire. And several uh, basement-level uh, dormitories were completely destroyed. The first floor above that, uh, several of those rooms were completely destroyed. Um, all of it was smoke damage and things like that. And I remember we, we stood out there for hours that day. The fire uh, department came in. Praise the Lord, uh, nobody was, was injured at all in that. There was some smoke inhalation, that type of thing, um, and so forth. There were a bunch of young men lost everything that, that they had. It was all, it was all gone. Uh, all of us uh, had to throw out suits and clothes and things like that. We, we tried to get things dry cleaned. Local dry cleaners were offering services to get the smoke out, and sometimes it worked, some of it didn't. Uh, and it was just one of those stressful, stressful times. A lot of us were looking forward to being able to go home for Christmas uh, and so forth, and everything just got kind of tossed around. Uh, it, was, uh, it was not what we planned on in any stretch of the imagination. But God did something on our campus that Christmas that I've never seen repeated. I remember when, when the smoke cleared and we were allowed to go back in, all of the guys that lived in the prophet's dorms, and there were, there were uh, two, three hundred of us that lived in, in that new building, uh, we were all gathered in the, the, the college cafeteria. Melvin Meister, uh, who is uh, my grandkids' great-grandfather, uh, was the dean of men. And we're all in there, and none of us knew the damage yet. We, hadn't, we, we would not be allowed inside uh, the dorms for many, many hours, some until a day or so later. So we had the clothes in our back, and that was it. We, we, we had no idea what was left. And we're just gathered in the cafeteria. And Brother Meister just stood up and he said, Okay, fellas, let's sing. Everything's all right in my father's house, in my father's house. And, and two, three hundred men's voices just started lifting up. Um, students who, who uh, uh, weren't anything to do with the prophet's dorms. And these are college kids, kids that don't have a lot of money. Uh, everybody back in that day worked jobs, uh, multiple jobs, trying to pay school bills and, and, and things like that. Uh, the guys who eventually was found out lost everything would go to their mailbox and find it stuffed with envelopes uh, anonymously from other students, a dollar here, five dollars there, ten dollars here. And it, it turned out to be one of the most truly remarkable Christmas seasons where we just really saw love in action uh, and so forth. 
nothing big, nothing spectacular, that type of thing. Um, how, do we, how do we get a spirit that honors Christ during this celebration so that we're not one of these sad but realistic statistics? Here's a couple of things. You may want to jot them down. You may already do them. Uh, take it or leave it as you see fit. Number one, read part of the Christmas story every day. And I don't mean twas the night before Christmas and all through the house. Open your Bible. Here's the order in which I read them. You do as you want. I start with Luke chapter 1. That is the announcement to John the Baptist's parents and to Mary uh, that they are each going to have a child. I read Luke chapter 1. Then I read Matthew chapter 1. That's where Gabriel comes in and announced to Joseph, Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Then I go back and I read Luke chapter 2. That is the birth of Christ uh, in Bethlehem and the shepherds and all of that. And then I go back and read Matthew 2 because that is uh, two years later when the wise men come uh, to, to Bethlehem and they come into the house where the young child was and present their gifts. And I read it in that order. It gives me the, what we call the Christmas story in chronological order. Now, if you read one of those chapters a day in that order between now and Christmas, you'll have read the entire Christmas story five times. If you read those four chapters in that order every day, you'll have read the entire Christmas story 21 times. It is not just the reading of it. Every time I read it, Lord, help me to see something that I didn't see yesterday. Help me to pick on something, uh, pick up on something that's, that's contained in there that will encourage me, that will challenge me, that will bless me, that will draw me closer to the Savior. I don't speed read these chapters. I don't, I'm not a fan of speed reading the Bible. But, but just get your, get your mind in the Bible. This is the living word of God, quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And let that just get down on the inside of you. So as all the rest of the celebration that, that we've tacked on to Christmas takes second place to the reality of what it's all about. So read the Christmas story or a portion of it every single day between now and Christmas. Number two, listen to good Christmas music. Grandma got run over by a reindeer is not what I'm talking about, okay? Uh, was it Alvin and the Chipmunks, that type thing, or all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth or what? I'm not talking about, by the way, I'm not entirely opposed to that. I like to laugh as much as the next person. My daughter, Anna, came up to me and I said, Dad, you got to see this. And it was this school auditorium and there was a, an orchestra of school students, and I, I, I think they're all elementary students. The place is packed and so forth. And they had a little boy, and he's playing the trumpet. I, was it Jingle Bells, Rob? I, something like that. And, and, and it's a child playing the trumpet. I thought, you know, that's not too bad. And Anna just kept saying, no, Dad, wait, just, just wait. And uh, so he played through one verse of Jingle Bells, and the rest of the chorus came in. And it is the most awful rendition of Jingle Bells. <laughs> If I was a parent there, I'd be calling for the music director to be fired. <laughs> but it, and it went from bad to worse to just beyond worse, but it was the greatest thing in the world. I laughed like crazy. I came back later, Tommy's watching the same thing. I'm really not talking about that, though. That's good for a chuckle. Um, I, I found some Christmas music that just inspires me. There's a men's trio of tenors 
that I enjoy listening to. I'm not going to give you their name. I'm not trying to promote them. I don't know that they're saved. Uh, they, they put out some Christmas music. They have a rendition of What Child Is This and Oh Holy Night that are second to none. This year they came out with Mary Did You Know. How many know that song? I love the meme that's on Facebook right now. You know, Mary, did you know that, you know, your child walked, is going to walk on water, seen the face of God? Somebody said, I've got an answer to all the questions. Yes, no, 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 yes, no, no. There, it's all settled. Um, but they, they, they've got a new one. They have a, a brand new song called Somewhere in Your Silent Night about some one of those statistic people that Christmas is pretty rough and how that that's exactly uh, the person Jesus came to. And the love of the Prince of Peace it will go as far as you need him to go to find you. I, I, I have those things on my phone. My, phone, my car has Apple CarPlay. And uh, I'll, I'll start listening to What Child Is This? And I'll start listening when I leave the house in the morning. I'll get to the church. I'm still listening to the same song for about the fourth or fifth time. Sometimes I drive around the block a time or two just so I can hear it one more time. You say, why? It, it inspires me with the majesty and the beauty and the love God demonstrated by sending us his son. Um, music is, is part of God's plan for us. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Let that sink into your heart. Uh, let those truths sink into your heart. Sometimes I'll find myself throughout the course of the day just humming or singing the words of those, those various songs that I listen to. But, but fill your life with good Christian, Christian uh, Christmas music. Uh, number three, be in church every time the doors are open, especially if Christmas is hard for you. We should be there anyhow. Uh, forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. That's for all year long. But especially at the Christmas season, and again, especially if it's a hard season for you, just, be, just make it a point, I'm going to be in church. I'm going to be in church. Number one, I think God's going to honor the fact that you came even though it was hard. Not that you don't like church. It's just sometimes being around other people at certain seasons is difficult. There are a lot of times I walk in, especially at this time of year, and I'm not feeling terribly festive, but just being here, being with God's people, hearing the songs, and, and just, just being where I know God is, is ministering to my heart. Just make it a point to be in church every time the doors are open. Here's another one, number four. Make it a point, strive, make it a goal to personally bring one person to church with you over the Christmas season. Preferably somebody maybe that's not saved. I've got a bunch of people on my list. God's allowed me to come in contact in the last month or so with several brand new amputees. And they're going through the hardest year of their lives. And they're, they're wondering, is there hope for me? Some of, them are, some of them are handling it fairly well. Others are, they're barely even talking because they, they, are, they are so traumatized by their loss. So God's put them in my path. Uh, one of them lives just down the street. He's not very far at all. And, and I'm hoping to get him here either Christmas Day or on the 18th when that night we have our Christmas program and stuff like that. Um, and, and, and I, I want to see him get saved. Just, why don't you strive to bring somebody? Take your, you're, you're in Luke chapter two, Luke chapter two. We didn't just read that because, well, you have to read verses before the sermon. 
Look at verse 15. This is after the shepherds heard the message from the angels. It came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. That's what I'm talking to you about tonight. Let's in our hearts and our minds, let's go back to Bethlehem and let's rejoice. Let's remember what God's word tells us about that night. So they, they went, verse 16, they came with haste, found Mary, and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And here it is. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Do you understand that these shepherds became soul winners that night? They just went everywhere telling everybody, we met the Savior. He's here, Christ the Lord. And, and we, we don't know how people responded. The Bible doesn't tell us other than the fact that all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing when the dust is settled from Christmas 2022 if you could look around at church and see there's somebody new there that you brought at the Christmas season and they found Christ as their savior and they're now part of the family. It'll change the whole thing for you. There, there's few things that bring greater joy than when I sit here and see a family that I won to Christ or a family that, that I reached or, or, or contacted and I see them coming to church and I see them coming back, that type of thing. Just make it a goal to bring somebody to church with you. Let me, let me hasten on. Find someone. I want you to turn to Luke 14. Luke 14. Find somebody to be a blessing to who cannot do anything for you in return. A lot of times we're giving gifts to friends and family, co-workers, people we know. And many times those folks give things back to us and that's fine, that's wonderful. But I want you to notice the teaching that the Savior gave in, in Luke chapter 14 and verse 12. He was at the dinner at a dinner in the house of a Pharisee. And the, the Bible says earlier in the chapel chapter that the Savior watched as they came in. They watched how they chose their seats. And they were choosing seats that put them in the greatest place of prominence. At a wedding, there's a head table, right? Where the, the bride and groom and the, sometimes the bridal party, sometimes their parents will sit, you know, that type of thing. Jesus watched these Pharisees and companions as they came in jockeying for a position uh, and, and so forth. And it was, it was all about getting noticed and that type of thing. But he went on uh, as he dealt with them about it. Verse 12, then said he also to them that bade him, when thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen nor thy rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again and a recompense be made thee. But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. What a great teaching. What a great teaching. Don't do things for people that can do something for you or will expect something of you or whatever. Go, go, go bring in the people who have nothing to offer you. You're just going to be a blessing to them. I've known people uh, from our church over the years that uh, Thanksgiving, the Christmas season, they make it a family project 
uh, to find somebody that they're going to go out to, some place they're going to go, and they're just going to serve. They're going to serve uh, at, a, at a homeless shelter or a soup kitchen or something like that, um, just to do something for people who can't pay you back for it, that, that uh, aren't going to give you a gift in return. It's just a matter of, I just want to be a blessing. When I lived in, in upstate New York, uh, in, in uh, the, the Palmyra area, one year at Christmas time, uh, there was a young man that had grown up in our church uh, that got in some trouble. And uh, he found himself uh, in the Christmas season in the Wayne County Jail. Uh, you know, not like a state penitentiary or anything like that, just a, a small country, county jail type thing. Uh, and he was going to spend his Christmas there. He, he would spend about two months in jail. And uh, I, I remember my dad had come up to visit with us in Trino. We'd opened the gifts at home with, a, with I think Tim was uh, a little guy. Maybe Sarah was a newborn at the time. And uh, so as Trino was getting Christmas dinner and stuff like that ready, uh, my dad and I drove over to the Wayne County Jail. They wouldn't let him in, uh, but uh, he just went with me for the ride and so forth. And uh, so I went in. I wasn't allowed to bring any gifts in. I wasn't allowed to give him anything. Uh, but uh, I just thought, I, I just can't stand the thought. I know he messed up. I just can't stand the thought of Dale sitting in, in a prison cell, a jail cell on Christmas Day all by himself. His family had pretty much written him off, and, and eventually they reconciled. They were just, they were embarrassed. They were disappointed. Uh, they, were, they were angry uh, and hurt by the things that he had done and so forth. And so I went in, and, and I don't remember, I think they gave us a half an hour, uh, something like that, and I just, just sat there and, and talked to Dale and uh, just wanted to know how he was doing and, and uh, you know, were, were, was, he, was he having any kind of a Christmas at all in there? Wanted to assure him that I loved him, that I was praying for him, that we'd be waiting for him when, when he got released and we'd do everything we could to help him get back on his feet and all of that. Um, and uh, Dale and I prayed together. Uh, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't allow even a handshake or a hug or anything like that. But tears were rolling down his face, and, and there's a half hour of my time with him, total travel time. It was about a half hour, 15 minutes there, 15 minutes back. Climbed in the car and, and, and went home. And I can't tell you anything else about that Christmas day. I have no idea what, what gifts we bought. I, I don't remember any idea what gifts I received. All I remember about that Christmas day was being a blessing to a young man who truly had messed up but was hurting and I just got to be a blessing. And that's one of those Christmases that stands out. There was no stress. There, I, I wasn't one of those statistics on that one. The Savior taught us. He said, look, go do something for someone who can't do anything else for you. Families. Just think about this. Do you, do you have any neighbors? I, we, we have a, a family that lives down at the end of our street. It's an older couple. They keep almost entirely to themselves. As I was coming to church tonight, I just happened to glance by, and, and uh, the lady was sitting. They have uh, a, a little closed-in porch, and uh, that's, that's where they go to smoke, uh, you know, that type of thing. And I, I always try to wave as I go by. And as I drove by, I thought, she just looks as forlorn as could be. And Rob and Anna don't know this yet, uh, but we're going to put together a plate of cookies and some things like that. And I intend to, to walk my grandkids down the hill and knock on their door sometime between now and Christmas, maybe Christmas Day. I don't, I, I don't know if they have family or not. Make a, find a family project for your kids. Find somebody up. We got shut-ins in our church. 
that would love to have a little visit, would love to have a plate of goodies, something like that. Um, again, you're, you're following the spirit of Christ in, in, in doing that. Uh, here's another thought. Um, we have about 75 or 76 missionary families that our church supports around the world. Do you understand that almost all of them will be away from everybody they know and love for Christmas? will be in a foreign land. Now, they have church families there, some of them big church families, some very, very small. But it's not the same as being with mom and dad and brothers and sisters and nieces and nephews and grandparents. Um, Christmas is a lonely time for missionary. Uh, if you've got a church directory, do you know that those that have email addresses, and I think they all do, their email address is in your church directory why don't you start between now and Christmas? It's, it's like uh, four a day between now and Christmas Day. And just, even if you just cut and paste and send off a Christmas greeting, just say, hey, I'm just thinking about you and your family. And I, I know you're serving the Lord in, in, a, in a faraway place. I just want you to know that I'm proud of you. I just want you to know I love you. Just wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas. You have no idea what that will do for somebody. You know what it's doing? It's getting us out of ourselves. And that doesn't cost anything. You don't even have to lick a stamp. All you have to do is hit send, and it's there, and you get to put a smile on somebody's face. You won't see it, but the Lord will. Be a blessing to them. This, this season, I, I want us to embrace the message of the birth of Christ as never before. I, a lot of things planned. The choir is doing something we've, we've never done uh, in, in my time here. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. They're working so very hard on the 18th. We'll have our candlelight service. We'll turn out all the really bright lights in here. We have enough light. You can actually see your Bible and songbook and sing the songs and, and so forth. Uh, there'll, there'll be all kinds of things going on. The school has a, a program this week. But I don't want Christmas just to be busy, 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 rush, 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 buy, 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 go, and all that kind of stuff. I want us to be able to just step back and enjoy the birth of Christ. Go back to Luke chapter 2, and I'm done. Luke chapter 2. The Bible says, verse number 17, and when they had seen it, that's the shepherds, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child, and all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary never forgot that night. She just kept it. She kept it close. The idea of kept is she guarded the memory. She cherished it. She, she placed it in a part of her heart where the things of importance and value are. She pondered, she kept all these things, pondered them in her heart. Verse 20, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. My heart's desire and prayer for you this Christmas season that verse 20 will be your testimony on December 26th. That your heart will be filled not just with, hey, I got a new fill-in-the-blank. I, I got a new blender. I got a new air fryer. I got a new tie. I got a, but it'll, it'll, it'll just be filled with wonder and glory of, my, how I saw God bless. 
I saw somebody get saved. I, 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 I got a brand new appreciation for how much God loves me in sending his only begotten son to be my savior. I drew closer to God than I've been in a long, long time. I want verse 20 to be my testimony. I want it to be your testimony. But it won't be, trust me, it won't be if we let ourselves just live in the rat race that's out there. I'm all for the decorations and the parties and all those kind of things as long as there's nothing sinful going on and all that kind of stuff. But let's remember, Christmas without Christ doesn't even make sense. It's just must. Really, it, it makes no sense. Lost people don't understand it. They don't, they don't get it. Christmas isn't about a make-believe little fat guy that rides around in a sleigh pulled by reindeer. It's about God who loved you and I so much he sent his son to this world to be our savior. And every bit of it was a miracle for you. Can we pray together? Father, I love you and I thank you.